Blog Talk Radio. The following is a disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of the Roman Show Network, its management, or other advertisers. Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of Wrestle City Radio. I am your host, of course, George Alonso, and sitting next to me is our sister from another mister, I am talking about the one and the only ex-Tina. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I, I can't complain. I, I think uh, you're victimized of my uh, earlier uh, assault. Uh, right. Listen. <laughs> I can it. It, it. It's not bad. I ate corn. <laughs> I, oh. ate, I ate sweet corn. Anyway, so <laughs> that, that, guys, welcome to another random rambling episode of Russell City Radio where we have fun, but at the same time, we're professional. We give you all the in-depth looks into professional wrestling. We have a jam-packed show here for you today, uh, including we will be talking about Monday Night Raw here in just a few seconds, uh, going into what's headlined to be Braun Strowman versus Kalisto in a dumpster match, SMH. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, we also will be talking about this Sunday's pay-per-view, Payback, uh, which everyone's looking forward to. Uh, there is one match that I'm kind of disappointed in already that we will talk about later. But basically, guys, also, we'll be joined by our special guest here today, your first female guest, Thunder Rosa, will be here later today. Uh, she has worked for, of course, Lucha Underground. She has also worked all over Japan. She has worked in Mexico. And now she's here on Wrestle City Radio. We're going to have the honor. She's one half of the Twisted Sisters and representing Sabotage Pro Wrestling in California. So she will be with us a little later today. And, of course, the debut of the Indie Cut with Steve Mesa. What a show we have here today, Xtina. Yes, yes, we do. A full Impact, wonderful wrestling. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to get drunk off of wrestling. You, uh, you, you might as well get drunk off of body slams and suplexes. So, so uh, basically, Xtina, let's go ahead and start talking a little bit about professional wrestling uh, going into today, Monday Night Raw. We are going to be headlined today, and I can't SMH more to this for those people that don't know what SMH stands for, is shake my head is Braun Strowman versus Kalisto in a dumpster match. Why? <laughs> Why? We got a seven-foot monster versus about a five-four, five-six high-flying machine in a match in that the only way to win is by dumping your opponent in the dumpster. Listen, if this match is not, if this match passes five minutes, I'll be surprised. But here's the thing. I'm not going to bash it completely because I know what they're trying to do. They're kind of giving the fans that open window by saying, hey, expect maybe a run-in. Expect possibly Roman Reigns to come back. Because remember last week, you and I did talk, Christina, that hey, give us a couple weeks without Roman Reigns because we have to believe that he's injured, that he's hurt. Last week, we did not see Roman Reigns at all. Not even a mention, not even a satellite video, nothing. 
So could it be that this week we see the return of Roman Reigns? Possibly. I don't think so. Uh, they did mention they're going to have their match at uh, Payback. So we'll probably wait to see Roman Reigns until Sunday. But I really think they're probably trying to do this David and Goliath thing again, uh, like they usually do. So I'm just waiting to see what happens to compare from the match last week. Like, I have to say one thing, uh, you know, as far as Braun Strowman and Kalisto is concerned, like, I I found it, I don't want to say funny, because nothing's supposed to be funny unless the gimmick or the the promo is meant to be funny, or the segment, per se, Xtina. Uh, I feel like, but I couldn't stop laughing when I saw Braun Strowman's next victim last week on Raw was Kalisto when he was being dragged on the floor. And then all of a sudden he picks him up and puts him in the dumpster. And, and, and it's like, okay, listen, and I'm not WWE. I'm only talking from a fan's point of view. I'm talking about it from a journalist's point of view. I want to say, if you want to put me to believe, hey, this guy's a monster, make him destroy someone big. Not someone like Kalisto, because for that, I could put someone like, I don't know, Cesaro or, or Sheamus to destroy him. But don't put someone that's meant to be like Braun Strowman, a monster among men. Like, have Braun Strowman destroy someone like a Titus O'Neil. Uh, have him destroy a Cesaro. Have him destroy a Sheamus. Have him destroy the Hardys. You know, the Hardys are, are, are tough you know, reactions right now in the WWE. Why not have him attack them and get that reaction that you want? Instead, we get Kalisto, and then we get this dumpster match today that kind of looks like David versus Goliath that almost says, hey, are we going to prepare a funeral for this guy tonight? Right, and that's a poor little welcome back to Raw, Kalisto. It's just horrible. I guess they want to see that David and Goliath thing. We can see what Kalisto can do, but again, I agree with you. If it goes past five minutes, then it's going to be a surprise. No, yeah, definitely. I agree with you 100%. So, by all means, uh, like, uh, I I have to say one thing, though. Like, now that Kalisto is on Raw, and knowing that the Cruiserweights are on Raw, can we also hopefully expect Kalisto to be in the Cruiserweight division after this? Oh, that's, uh, I didn't even think about that. That's a great possibility for him. Um, but then again, I don't know, it's kind of a fallback because he did hold a, a title before the United States Championship, so I don't know. Like, I, listen, right now the Cruiserweight division needs that star power because according to rumors, according to news, 205 Live is not doing so great right now. So they need that star power. Now, again, I don't know if those rumors are true. It's dirt sheets. I'm only running by the material that's provided. Okay, so I cannot really jump to a conclusion. So I'm just working with what I have. So if if it's really true that 205 Live is in trouble, they need that star power. They need the Kalistos. They need the Nevels. They need the Austin Aries. You know, because if you haven't noticed, Austin Aries was pushed from NXT to Cruiserweight from one day to the next. It was just, he was in NXT just one day, literally, and then the next day we see him already on the main roster. Right. They need a, a little more high flight because it, it's been totally different from the Cruiserweight Classic. The Cruiserweight Classic was uh, 
also from what I saw, having like, you know, showing what they can do. And then once 205 Live came about, it was just they seemed simmered down than from what they were before. I know Neville jumped in, and I really find Neville entertaining. Well, here, here's something else that just was said. They find it, uh, what someone found funny was when Big Show and Braun collapsed the ring. As a matter of fact, that has not happened in, I think, a little bit of over four years. I think the last time that ever took place was Big Show and Mark Henry at WWE Vengeance. And uh, basically, let me just say for, for the record, um, it's one of those moments that I, I want to be there live for. Like, it's something that you have not seen, you barely get to see it, and obviously it grabs the fans' reaction. So, it's, you know, would you like to be there one day when a, a ring collapses like that? The ring collapses? Um, sure, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see any of that. Poor referee, though. I feel <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, poor <laughs> did, did you notice that half the memes that his social media were not about, you know, Big Show or Braun Strowman? They were all saying, hey, rest in peace, Jim Cohn. Right. <laughs> so it was like, Jesus Christ, the guy did not die. Maybe he got hurt, but he didn't die. <laughs> so, hey, with a collapse like that, it's like an earthquake, so you never know what hole he slipped into yeah. right after. Let me tell you something, that collapse was, but let me just say this, if you look back into the clip, you see Jim Cohn actually holding on to the rope, yeah. so if, I, I don't want to say that he was in bad position, maybe he was just trying to run to where he needed to be, mm-hmm. you know, for that situation, but he was caught on the moment, and when that moment came, it was too late, and, and little did he know, he fell back, he, like it looked like he hit the back of his neck. Yeah, because he just rolled out real hard. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and, and let me tell you something, folks. Even if it was a collapse, a ring is not made of, you know, rubber. Or it's made of metal. One layer of foam and pure wood is not is not a trampoline. That stuff hurts. And have, have you ever been in a ring yet, Stephen? I haven't. I got really close. And, but I haven't. We might, you, we might be, you might be in a ring for the first time come June 10th. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, because it, the possibilities are, are getting higher and higher of Wrestle City Radio being at Roll the Dice on June the 10th at Atlantic City, New Jersey, that the tickets are still on sale uh, for the main event of main events for the first time ever. You have Alberto El Patron a.k.a. Alberto Del Rio, against Pentagon Cero Miedo. And, of course, you have Jack Swagger, former WWE superstar Jack Swagger, versus the leader of the boot party, TJ Marconi. Like, why aren't you at that event? Why haven't you purchased your tickets yet? Like, if you're listening to this show and you're asking yourself, huh, should I go... Really? <laughs> go. Especially if you live there and you don't have to fly like me to go. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Definitely go. And then, of course, you know, our friends at Sabotage Wrestling also have another show coming up. She's Crafty on May 13th, of which, of course, Thunder Rosa is going to be part of, and Delilah Doom, and many, many other great women wrestlers 
where you could also purchase your tickets on there. All you have to do is search them on Facebook, Sabotage Wrestling, and purchase your tickets. It'll be in California, uh, and of course, that'll be on May the 13th in She's Crafty. Uh, I, I believe they're even having a match. I forgot who the participants are, but uh, and I apologize for those that are listening. But she's, they're actually having a match where the loser cannot twerk anymore. You're not a fan of a twerk? Uh, no. Yeah. Bro, I, don't, I don't, don't, don't make me stand up right now and make me twerk oh, and make you a fan. I'm a twerk machine, okay? I, I would not want to lose that match. But anyway, <laughs> anyway but guys, uh, aside from that, aside from our plugs, uh, another thing we want to talk about is the surprise that we everyone has been talking about for last week. Jinder Mahal, the the new WWE World Champion, number one contender. <laughs> like it's it's literally all over social media. You cannot you cannot you know literally open social media without at least seeing. One meme saying, why Jinder Mahal? And I'll explain this, guys. It's a great business move for the WWE. They're trying to broadcast their network all over the world, not just in the United States, but in England, in India, in Japan, in China. In I don't think they've hit North Korea. <laughs> but, uh, but you get my point. The point is this. They're trying to market their product all over the world. And right now, the one guy that they could market to a new country in India is with Jinder Mahal. And, of course, the debuting or the re-debuting of the Singh brothers, otherwise known as the Bollywood boys. So, basically, it was an extremely smart move. And on top of that, Jinder Mahal is in perfect shape. The man can talk. And if you ever seen his matches, when he, like when the chain was loose and you saw him in the independence, the man is an amazing wrestler. So I'm looking forward to this feud that he's going to have with Randy Orton. So am I. I was very surprised to see him win. I thought it was going to be a typical, you know, someone we always expect to win. But when he won, it was just like mouth open. But, um, you know, ever since he came back to WWE, he's just been kicking down doors and kicking down people. Well, now especially because it, it brings you that, that feel. Randy is not just going up against one person. He's going up against three because he's going against the Singh brothers and he's going against, of course, Jinder Mahal, the, the leader. Now, a lot of people are even considering this new Indian group like a revamp of, of the um, – uh, what did they call themselves? When it was Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, and – Legacy, there you go. That they're they're really kind of, you know, saying, oh, this is just a revamp of the legacy. How many times have I mentioned? Stop comparing to other things or other people. When it comes, listen, you cannot compare. There's always going to be 
another carbon copy of something out there. The wrestling world is too big with too many people in it. You're going to see the same characters, the same groups everywhere. Stop comparing and enjoy the ride. Right. You know, you can compare it to all of the three groups that we've seen, you know, or even more than that, compared to Evolution, or, uh, you know, when Edge had uh, Zack Ryder and Kirk Hawkins, mm-hmm. um, we can't compare to that. Every single match, it's going to be, you know, a great pay-per-view amongst all the other people. 
Speaking about this coming Sunday's payback, uh, because we are waiting our phone in from Miss Thunder Rosa, uh, there is one thing I want to kind of like uh, put my foot in, and that is that I just found out over the weekend that the House of Horror match between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton will no longer be for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. It's just a regular singles match. This is uh, surprising to me because I'm pretty... You know, they kept mentioning it on SmackDown, and I thought it was going to be for the title, but then it's understandable, to, you know, because then you'll know who will win, who will be ready, we don't want that. <laughs> we want to be entertaining match, but I'm excited to see what's actually going to happen in that match, even if it's not for the title, I am excited to see what is going to happen. Uh, I am actually, like, the little kid in me is scared to find out what the heck that is, especially with the little video packaging that, you know, they've been doing. And, and the adult in me is saying, this is going to be sick. So I have no idea what side of me you're going to get this coming Sunday at Payback. Listen, you told me that the cockroach ring scene was your most disgusting scene. Yes. <laughs> to me, I listen, it, it was disgusting for you. It was random for me because I was, I was sitting on the middle all the way to the top of the stadium and all of a sudden I see the lights go out and I'm like, what, is this an automatic blackout? What's going on here? And then all of a sudden they put the worms and the cockroaches and, and all that stuff. And I'm like, what the heck is happening here? <laughs> so and, anyway, we'll talk more about that later. We have our guests on the line. Let's go ahead and open up the line to the one, the only, of course, representing Sabotage Wrestling, the international sensation, and the lovely... Thunder Rosa, how are you, Miss Rosa? I am looking for a stamp that I bought and I can't find now, but I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, why is it? Oh, that's one thing, Miss Rosa. Whenever you don't need something, you find it right away. But when you're when you're looking for something, it's when everything's lost. It happens to me on a constant basis, especially with movies for me. No, I went to the post office and I'm like, I'm. I went and bought something because I needed to send it today, and um, no, I don't have it anymore, so I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> so, no, again, I can't blame you. It, it always happens. Now, mind you, uh, I have to ask you, you're not sending because I, I saw a, uh, I was watching a previous interview that you conducted, uh, which uh, cheap plug here to the, for the Doi Show, I think it was called, the Doi Show, uh, that I saw a giant Godzilla figure in the background. You're not sending that away, are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm sending something else, but... Okay. Just, uh, I don't know. Uh, so I have to ask, I, I, are, you, are you the Godzilla fan in the family, Ms. Rosa? Um, yeah, my husband was, at first, he got me into Godzilla. Like, I was, I was very, very... Um, I didn't watch none of that stuff when I was young. I'm not going to lie. So he got me into it and now I'm like super into it. I love it. I I collect stickers and and what else I collect? I collect a bunch of other stuff from Godzilla, so yeah, it's fun. Well well you and I are gonna be best friends from this day on. I'm a huge Godzilla mark. So <laughs> So, but Ms. Rosa, uh, going off of that a little bit, let's start talking a little bit about your career. 
you know, first let's go ahead and, and, and plug this organization that you represent, uh, Sabotage Wrestling out in California. Uh, tell us, uh, how did that come about? Like, because I know you're an active uh, in-ring competitor. You've wrestled all over the world. Uh, you know, uh, so then now you come back home to your state and you create Sabotage Wrestling. Tell us a little bit about how that came to be. Well, it just came out as, a, as an opportunity a couple of months ago. Um, there was a show that was going to be running in um, in Los Angeles, but uh, it got canceled. So uh, a promoter from Mexico like offered me the idea. Like, hey, you want to run a show? And I'm kind of like, well, I kind of do want to run a show. And I'm just, but you know, let me ask my husband because he's the one who's like he's been wanted to do a women's show for like the longest, and he was collaborating with other people and stuff like that. But it was never like under his umbrella, you know. Under you know, he was gonna it was gonna be ours, you know. It was like somebody else. He was always like helping somebody else run the show. So uh, I call him, and you know, because we both are kind of crazy. Uh, he was like, "Hey, dude, like, so this is deal. This is how much it's gonna cost. This is we only have six weeks to put it together. What do you say?" And he was just like, "Are you stupid? Of course I'm gonna say." <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment, da, 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 and I was like, holy shit, excuse my language, you know, it just got, shit just got real, real quick, you know, and I'm like, damn, I'm about to run a show, so we started going, like, we started going crazy, and, um, and that's how we started, like, we had six weeks, uh, we came up, he came up with some of the money, I, like, sold merch like crazy for, like, a month and a half, and whatever I sold, that we invested, and we, you know, we did it with everybody, with everybody's help. Like, a lot of the fans were helping us pass out flyers. You know, um, the talent, I will say, I will give it give it up to them because they were amazing. All the girls that I contacted, you know, they were very excited about being part of this new thing. And if it wasn't because of their excitement and because of, like, the, I will say, the concept of the show, I don't think we would have been that successful. So our show, first show was, like, like the – tested we were tested by fire you know and we did really well because again like a lot of the fans are very supportive and they they love us not only as as, as people but as you know as, as promoters and as, as, as performers so it was great the second show was even more amazing because that was like our show like there was nobody involved in, in the decision making it was just us so it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of work but it was worth it. It was well worth it. I mean, the the little um, snips and pits that you guys have seen on online are like pretty cool. Like a lot of the women, a lot of the workers, the male workers said that Sabotage Two was one of the best women shows they ever been part of. You know, and then and they weren't even in the show. They were just like how amazing the ladies were during the show. So again, I don't have nothing else to say, but you know that our girls that work with us and for us have a lot of faith in what we're putting, you know, on the table. And now with rest like Sabotage 3, she's crafty in Texas, which, again, I was in Japan when they made the decision that they were going to go to Texas. So <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, so we're running a show in Texas? So he was like, yeah, we're running a show in Texas. And I'm like, okay. Cool. We're just doing it in LA, but okay, let's do this crazy thing. So I was in Texas for a whole week, last week, promoting, hitting the hitting the 
the, the, the streets, which is like, I will say one of the most challenging things because that's when you have to talk to people and really sell a product, especially a product that is not, it's something new in, in, in the state of Texas. Like women's wrestling, they have something in, uh, called uh, the Joshi Tournament with um, Anarchy Wrestling. That's in Austin. Yes. But they don't really have like something more const- like constant that is just women. So it's in a very interesting venue called Come and Take It Live in the Riverside area of Austin. And um, I think the guy has run wrestling shows before, but never, like, the show that we're running. So, um, yes, it's like, it hit me. It hit me. Like, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, we have three weeks away. And I'm not going to lie, I almost, like, crap on my pants. (laughs) You know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and it's a lot of talking to people, and it's a lot of introducing people to, like, women's wrestling because they know about men's wrestling they know about WWF, but they don't know about the indie circuit. Like, yes, uh, yes. you have and in, in, in also you have uh, Wrestle Circus, Anarchy Wrestling, Inspire, all these promotions where they only have one or two women's matches. But we're talking about almost all the matches are women's matches. And the ones that are yeah. not are special attractions. The men are our special attraction in our show. So um, I'm well, excited. Like it's, uh, it's well, if you don't mind me. Now, now, if you don't mind me asking this, Ms. Rosa, because, again, like you being a women's wrestler and, and you wrestling all over the world, you, you would know this more than anyone. Like, is, is there a little bit of extra work when it comes to, like, because, of course, you have your regular organizations that you obviously work for, like that, that showcase both men and women. But is there a little bit of extra work that you have to put into when you're showcasing a show that's just based on women? Uh, I believe so. I, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes. And the answer is yes. <laughs> people, used to, people used to see men in, in, in this, in the circuit, right? But it, like having women on a show, it, it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing, you know, because in some places there's still a stigma on about women's wrestling, you know, that is like too like phony or that they don't deliver or et cetera, unless you're like in the East Coast where, you know, women are at another level because of like, you know, shimmer, shine, you know, amongst other promotions. But here on the West Coast, like, we we have put a lot of effort, and I'm not talking about our, our organization, Sabotage, but other promotions such as AWS, you know, they've been really big advocates for um Women shows they see used to run one or two shows a year, only women and men, you know, in between. But now we are doing it more in a more consistent basis, you know. So um, I just went to Canada two weeks ago for uh, a women's show too, uh, gun, girls gun wrestling, and she was telling me that she had a show, a midget show, and they sold 500 tickets, but they have a women's show and they sold 150 tickets. So it's a huge difference, you know. So it's like, I mean, I think we're great athletes. And the more women that are coming out of, in, in, in this new era of wrestling, it, I feel like they're more, more athletes, they're more, uh, you know, uh, challenged. I, I think um, the girls that are in the circuit now, we're challenging each other to get better. You know, regardless, in, the, in a negative or in a positive way, we are challenging each other to get better and to become better and to be respected as athletes. And I think um, having 
our organization to sabotage, it's it's doing a diff- it's making a difference because we're not we're not booking like your big names that you know like oh she's gonna draw all the people. We want to build the big name. We want to give them the opportunity of that girl that everyone's like, who the heck is this girl? For the next show is like, oh man, I saw her at that show and she was awesome. Like I can't wait to see her. That's what we want to build because we all started like that. I personally started like that. Nobody knew who the heck I was, you know. Yeah, mind. That's how I. That's how we started. Well, yeah, mind you, a lot of people don't even know that at the very beginning, Miss Rosa, when you first started in this business, uh, you originally wanted to be a teacher uh, first. Uh, yeah. how, how did you like? How did the the change of minds? Because you know, it, it a lot of people now that I mentioned that are probably like saying to themselves. Oh my God! Thunder Rosa wanted to be a teacher, and she became a wrestler. It's like two completely different worlds. How did you decide? A, I'm going to be a wrestler. Honestly, it just happened. I was never like, oh, this is my destiny, and I watched wrestling since I was a little girl. You know, no, I was depressed. I was restraining kids in a job, which was super stressful. You know, I was working. I was working in a Level 14, uh, it was a, a school, and where kids had mental health issues, drug 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 issues, and when they lost control, the only way that we um, we could keep them safe and keep other kids safe was by restraining them, you know. So there was like a lot of pain and a lot of like anger and, and a lot of stuff that I could not deal with because I had to like pour my heart and my mind on helping this, you know, broken souls, you know, and um, I started doing that work since I graduated from college, and it was just really taking a toll on me, like, after that, I went to a, um, a rehab facility, and where I was working with kids that have, like, similar issues, but were not violent, but we were still, like, facing a lot of challenges, and going to wrestling events with my husband really helped me, like, find an outlet for or just you know to 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 do something different that has that has nothing to do with restraining kids, or you know thinking about kids' problems. And there was an opportunity where they said that they were having a tryout. I went and did the tryout, and I was like, okay, I think I think I'm gonna be doing this for a while. I'll see what happens. And then all of a sudden, you know, my husband was like, you know what? We have the money for you to go to to wrestling school, let's pay it off right now so we don't worry about it because we're like that. And then let's see what happens. We pay, we pay the money off. I'm getting, I'm, I'm already getting ready to start wrestling, right? But I didn't want to start it because my, physically I wasn't ready. So I started training in the gym and stuff like that. I started paying my dues, volunteering shows, getting to know the business in a different aspect before I got in the ring. And then the owner of the school passes away and I lose all my money. Like all oh, of it. Wow. Wow. It was like a pretty penny. It was a pretty penny that I lost. I was like, I was really sad because we became really close with the the owner of the school. Yeah. But you know, I was sad because I had like an uncertainty. Like I didn't know where the heck I was gonna train. You know, and I still wanted to do it, but I was like, now what the fuck are we gonna do? You know, like they're gone. The school is gone. This is like a school I wanted to go to. I, this is a school that I've been like volunteering my time for the last six months and now it's all gone you know so we started going around and 
you know, uh, one of the guys that used to work for this promoter opened a school and said, come with us. And some of the old students that graduated from there became the, you know, became the, the coaches. That was Joe and Drake and Matt Carlos, which are my original trainers. And I'm really, really thankful for all the things that they taught me when I started. Because I don't think if I, if I wouldn't gone to that school and if I wouldn't, I wouldn't gone through all the trials and tribulations during those six months, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys. And I wouldn't be traveling the world because that's what it was meant to be for me. For me to, like, lose the money, lose my mind, you know, but not lose hope that I will become a professional wrestler. And I could have given right in there, but I didn't because, you know, I had my husband who was like, no, 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 we're going to make this happen. And I was like, yeah, we're going to make this happen. And the feeling of, I had a feeling, and we both, like, looked at each other one day, one night, I don't know what we were doing, this is after, you know, all these things were happening. And I, said, I have a good feeling that something good is going to happen. You know, and she was like, mm-hmm. I kind of I have the same feeling, too. And I said, I have a feeling that I'm going to make it big in this business, man. And she was just like, I have a bad feeling, too. So I was like, all yeah. right, then I'm not crazy. We're going to do this. And and I'm doing it right now. That, 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 that is uh, amazing. And, and, and Ms. Rosa, if I may ask, because I, and I'm sorry if this brings up emotion in any way, because that is an emotional story. But basically, it, and I, again, I apologize if I bring up any emotions on this. Like, it, you, with all these trials and tribulations that you went through at the beginning of your career, and, and, and all these, like, these big judgments where, like, you lost your money and, and all this stuff, like, now that you look at yourself now, where now you're traveling the world, like, you, you went to Japan, you've been to Mexico, you're wrestling here in the United States, you have worked for one of the top Lucha organizations in the United States, Lucha Underground. Like, with all these trials and tribulations that you went through back then, what would the younger you would have said to the current you right now? Like, what can you tell that younger you right now? You know what? My younger you, it was like, she's always been a precocious little girl, and she was always like, yeah, like, she liked to be the start of everything. But she looked at herself as just, she was going to live in Mexico. She'll probably have two, girl, two kids. She was married, and she'll probably be a teacher. Or probably you would have never finished high school or college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now what I can tell her is, like, that, man, you, like, really got me now. Like, I want to cry. I've been very sensitive in the last couple of days. Um, I was in the car thinking about this same question, like, a couple of days ago. And... I would just say to her that all the things that she went through, all the pains and heartaches, have been worth it. Because no matter if today, like if my journey is over tomorrow, I have achieved, achieved a lot of the dreams that I had when I was little, and that was to travel, and to meet new people, and, and to like influence other people. And, and it's happening now, and it's real. And I'm and I'm working hard to keep it, and my husband is working hard to keep it with me too. This is a a dream that we both are work have worked so hard for. So just like I'm glad that she didn't give up. Well, <laughs> Ms. Rosa, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I'm gonna talk to you as not just a professional, but as a person. Um, I'm talking to you. I'm not gonna shoot your name here. Uh, but I want to tell you, I'm talking to you as a person. 
right now you got me emotional just hearing this. And I want to tell you from myself and Christina, Xtina, uh, my host, and even my new uh, segment host, Mr. Steve Mesa, I want to tell you we all love you here and we all look up to you as a person, and not just as a person, but as a role model, because if there's anyone out there that has proven never give up on your dreams is you. Because like I said, you went through so many trials and tribulations. You just mentioned it yourself on this show. Like no one can ever say, hey, you're wrong, because you just said it on this show. You went through so much. You lost money. You lost friends. You've lost a, a job as a teacher. Uh, all that to chase a dream, and you never gave up. And I want to tell you, Ms. Rosa, I'm not just looking at you as a friend, but I'm looking at you as a role model, and I thank you very much for, for being a role model to all these young kids out there. Thank you, and I mean that's that's a big statement for you guys to make. Like that's like that wasn't like the one thing that I wanted to do when I was growing. Up. I mean, I wanted to be a role model, and being a teacher is definitely, you know, being a role model because that's like most of the people that helped me when I was young were my teachers, my drama teacher, my sixth grade teacher, one of my English teachers. Like they went out of their way to help me, you know, with my college stuff, with money for college. Like people you wouldn't ever thought that they will do something for you, that those were my role models, you know, and um, and it's, it's so, that's big for people to say, you know, because we're not perfect, but it's like when you're passionate about something and, and you, like, and people can see that, that's, you know, I guess that's being a role model. <laughs> but, uh, thank you. No, it's our pleasure. And I thank you very much for sharing such an emotional story with us. Uh, but I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop asking questions because last week uh, I went on to ramble with like 10 questions with my guests and I stole all my questions from my, my co-host. So I don't want to do that again. So just in case, uh, I'm going to turn the microphone over to my co-host and then if she, yeah. when she's done, Miss Rosa, uh, I'll take over from there again with last round and we'll go from there. Okay. But thank you very much for answering all my questions. No problem. Like he saw potential 
in certain aspects in my life. And he's like, maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try that. Maybe you should try this and see what happens. You know, and, and the maybe, try it, became into I did it and I became successful at it. But it was like we we always give the, the girls, like, the platform and we want to see if they can if they can take it to the next level, you know? So for for us, sabotage is that. It's like, this is a platform for you. This is, this is something that is, you know, being given to you. What can you do to it to get to here? We're getting you here, but you can get up here, you know? So it's like, for us, it's like, for us, and this has been for me also at my regular job is to, to motivate, to, like, promote, you know, wellness and whatever is like, this is a platform. I'm giving you this skill set. This you have the skill set. Now I'm giving you these tools. What can you do to get to the next level? And me as a professional wrestler, and me as a person, that's what I want to do with all my my fellow my fellow coworkers in 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 wrestling. Is like we can do certain things together, you know, and we can empower each other to become better in the ring, to become better athletes, and to become better people. Not everybody's like that, because you know, this, you know, this business is it's, it's sometimes can be dogged dog, but I'd rather not be that person. Rather, you know, to uplift and help the others who really, you know, want to showcase just like you're showcasing. So I do find it that beautiful and wonderful to showcase women, especially now. A lot of young girls are seeing it on this week, but to see it in person and the independence, like you said it earlier. Uh, that would be something everyone should definitely stay tuned and watch to see. Uh, and, you know, this is a promotion that you guys are have created. What about a wrestling school for, for women in California? Could you possibly have that? Uh, we, my husband has been, has been talking about it. But I'm kind of like, hey, babe, let's just take it step by step right now. <laughs> let's, let's get this, like, let's get this, let's make this successful and, and start, like, looking for like, strong sponsors, I think that will be super important. I mean, I have a huge, you know, ideas and dreams about what, what this could potentially take us to support, not only women's wrestling, but, like, women's athletics in general. Because I feel like, yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of you know, groundwork made on, in many aspects, like tennis, uh, basketball, uh, soccer, softball. But still, I feel like we're, like, left behind a little bit, you know, and uh, there's a lot more that we can be done. Right, which I absolutely agree with you on. Um, all right, so I do want to get to, you know, I've watched a couple of your matches, and uh, your, your ring gear, your attire, is the fact that you decided to paint your face, only half of your face. Uh, what made you come up with, you know, that sort of thing? You know, not the usual mask wearing, but to actually paint half of your face and that gimmick, what gave you that idea? What inspired you to do that? I, it wasn't my idea. I'm not going to lie. It was somebody <laughs> else's idea. It was a promoter. It was a promoter. Uh, when I started wrestling, he was like, uh, you know, we want you to connect with the Latino community. I think that painting your face half it will be pretty good. I have this girl. She's my cousin, and she'll paint your face. I was like, all right, whatever. So I'm always like, yeah, sure, let's try it. It, it was cool. I only did it for that promotion, and then I was like, I was wrestling with all my face paint for a long time, and then, um, and then in Japan, when I went to Japan, like it seemed like I was, it was a little flat for me. Like 
the people were not responding to me very well. One, because I was too green, and two, because nobody knew who the heck I was. Then I got a concussion while there, and, and then my husband was like, before you come back, I think it will be very wise if you put your face paint, make your face paint on again. One, because it will represent your culture. Two, because they think that you're lucha, but you're not. And three, it also, like, represents, like, you came out of almost being dead to being alive, and it's a celebration of that. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So I painted my face, and I actually made a huge difference. So I found a gimmick, a real gimmick. Right, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. The story told behind it, that's great. I love that. And I think so, too, because, like, I've told this story – a couple times, but, you know, my grandfather passed away watching a wrestling event in Mexico, in Tijuana. And, you know, for me to paint my face, like the Dia de los Muertos, of uh, Day of the Dead, it's a celebration of all of those that have passed away, and I'm celebrating their life, you know. And, and it was, I guess it was in my destiny to become a professional wrestler, because you love wrestling so much. And my mom was like, do not, do not do that. You're going to die. You know, and it's like, I feel that, I don't know. I always like, it's kind of weird. Like my uncle said, my uncle said that to me, which is kind of weird. And it sounds kind of like Buddhist-like or like kind of weird. Wish it, I don't know how to even put it. It was like, allow the, the dead ones to talk to you and guide you to the right path. This is when like the stuff started taking off for me. Just let them, let them guide you. And never since then, I'm not going to lie, things have gotten much better for me. He's like, enjoy life right now. Enjoy and celebrate those that passed away that wish they were here and they wish they could have done this and this and that. So that's what I've been doing and that's what I told many people. When I get in the ring, I celebrate those who I have helped before, like the kids and teenagers, but passed away because of drugs, alcohol. You know, my grandfather had a uh, massive stroke. He passed away. And I, I come there and celebrate their their past in the ring. And now, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, I've been posting a lot about this girl, uh, rest in peace, her name is Maggie. She was one of the fans. And uh, I got to see her before she was disconnected. So, uh, and she, even though she was, she was physically there with us, I know her, her spirit was, was with us even more present. She helped me even when she was in that situation. So now she's part of my entourage. And she comes in in the room with me. That's beautiful. I love that. I really do love that. That is a beautiful and concept and, and even more inspiration to everyone. Um, I do have uh, one more question. <laughs> uh, of all of you know, you've been around the world since Japan, uh, here in Mexico. Is there any female competitor that you haven't gotten into the ring yet that you, you know, you want to uh, oh, you, you said, I mean, just going to repeat your question. Uh, somebody that I haven't faced yet that I want to face? Yes. Anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jordan Grace, she is the re- like the prototype of a wrestler. You know, I love her work. She's super strong. Uh, and she's super young, too. And she doesn't care about what other people say. And she's been really successful on the East Coast. And, and she's taking big risks, you know. She started really young, 17, 16, and she moved out, and, and she's been living 
you know, and doing what she loves to do, which is wrestling, and I appreciate that. So I want to wrestle her. Um, Sue Young, uh, I love, you know, her gimmick, and she is, she's such an artist, and, and I enjoy seeing her in the ring, and I like to face her one-on-one. Um, another another person that I would like to face is that Mia Yim. Uh, she's another strong woman that I, I, I look up to. Um, she's been in the business for quite a while, and, and and I love the transformation she that she's up to through her body. Like I, I love that. I love to see that in women. You know, they don't they don't just let their look be like just the only thing. She works super hard. She works super hard in the ring. You know, she's a great worker. Um, who else? And people that I look up to and I would have loved to wrestle them was Sarah Scott because she's one of my inspirations when I started wrestling. Um, and now she's you know the trainer in WWE. So. I don't think I can wrestle her, but it was her. That's great. We would love to see any of those matches, honestly. I do want to thank you again. Uh, your stories are amazing and inspiring, especially to me. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to George. <laughs> I'm over here knocking him over. Yeah, and she just punched me. <laughs> Why did you punch me? <laughs> Listen, I know that Thunder Rosa just inspires you, but God, Lee, go through training first. <laughs> Jeez. Lord. <laughs> but, uh, but anywho, my God, for, like she would have been saying, hey, I'm going to pass you over to George. Here's the microphone, George. And it'll be like, crickets, because I'm all, all here knocked out. But anyway, uh, so Ms. Rosa, to continue on uh, a, a little bit more with the, uh, just for a couple of minutes more. Uh, basically, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, we, we've spoken about your time with Sabotage. We've spoken your time uh, about, you know, of course, here in the United States and your inspirations. But we haven't spoken about your time over in Japan and Mexico and so forth. Like, uh, you know, I know you're, you're not a top veteran like a uh, Io Shirai, you know, but, but you have constantly gone over there already. Uh, whether it be by yourself or with your partner, Holly did. But basically, you know, the first time, your first trip over to Japan, was it ever a hard transition for you to to get used to their style? Yeah, I mean, dude, I was in the business less than three months. So I was like, yeah, I had less than ten matches, and then they sent me to Japan, and they're like, oh, you got to do this. And I'm like, oh, all right, uh, I don't know how to do it, but I'll just try. You know, so but it was like, <laughs> Trial by fire. It's, it's, that's been my life, you know. Like, well, you're moving to the United States, but I don't speak English. It doesn't matter. You're going to learn. Boop. You know, I'm like, okay. All right. So it's just like, you just adapt. You know, I'm a gypsy. You adapt and move on. But it was it was rough, but I had really good support. I had uh, Starfire and um, Nikki Storm, were, who were my ride or die over there, and and also my work ethic. You know, I don't give up. I don't give up, and yeah, I get frustrated because some, sometimes things don't come out the way that mm-hmm. I want them to. But, no, well, you know. Did, no, did you, did you ever wanna like <laughs> when when you because one thing I I uh, when I first got into the world of journalism, the the one thing that I remember what my first guest, my first ever interview was telling me was. Yes, it was hard to work with with Japan, not because of the style, but because of the language. Because, you know, one knew English, the other one knew Japanese. 
was it the same also issue with you? Like, did, was there a language barrier also when you went over this? No, some of them spoke Spanish. So it's oh, wow. So oh, the, wow. That's some of us, yeah, they, they spoke Spanish, but, you know, um, what I was going to say, they spoke Spanish, but the problem is, like, I didn't know a lot of the moves, how they were called in Spanish. You know, oh. so I was like, what is that? And I had to explain it. I was like, ah, okay, okay, okay. So that's where I was like, if you speak, if you speak wrestling, it's good. Ain't no, you don't got to do nothing. So. Well, mind you, now with, of course, Spanish and, and you also working Lucha Underground in your past, uh, when you worked under the, the moniker of uh, Cobra Moon, you know, just recently they, they announced a partnership between Impact Wrestling and Lucha Underground. Uh, does, how do you feel about that? Because that could also open up more doors for your young career as well, Ms. Rosa. Like, are you now, like, with your sights set on maybe making an impact as well? No pun intended. Uh, this is the first time I hear this, by the way, <laughs> about Lucha yeah. Underground. So I'm – that would be pretty – that would be rad. I mean – TV time? Who doesn't want TV time? You know, Dr. Rosa wants some TV time. I don't know. I mean, I'm just gonna go with the flow. Like, I don't want to get my. It's like when I think when you get your your highs, your high, your your hopes super up, and you're like, yeah, this is what's gonna happen, and yeah, 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 and then you just like that and hyping yourself up, and it doesn't happen. That's when you're like, but it's like, if it happens, I'm gonna be super happy. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter because I'm still gonna be happy for what's happening to me and for me. You know, because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm living my dream regardless. You know, I'm traveling, I make connections, I have families, and every state that I that I travel pretty much, you know, people that care for me, not only as a person, not, not only as a wrestler, but as a person. So that for me, it's, 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 it's uh, priceless, you know. So, but yeah, I would love to be on TV, though. Well, uh, mind you, I have to ask you for a favor. Next time you're booked in Japan, can you smuggle me in your, your briefcase? Then that way I could go to Japan, buy me some Godzilla material or Ultraman stuff and come back? Sure. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to mess with that. But basically, uh, no, but uh, of course, Ms. Rosa, like, you, uh, the women are, are making a revolution for themselves here in the United States and all over the world. Uh, WWE is picking up so many women now, establishing a women's tournament coming up soon. Uh, you know, Impact Wrestling now has uh, made their, their partnership with Lucha Underground. So now it's like that perfect time to become a professional wrestler, and especially for women with the revolution that you, you ladies are doing for, for, for yourselves. So I wanted to ask, like, you just mentioned, yes, uh, who would deny TV time? But now I want to ask you about the revolution, how you feel about the revolution of women, like, because you're part of that revolution. Uh, what, what's your opinion on that? The revolution has been going through. It's been, it's been happening for many, many years. And uh, <clears throat> uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say that just because, I guess because it went mainstream, that's why people are, like, looking at it a lot more. But yeah. there's been some trailblazers in this journey. You know, you have Cheer Little Melissa, Mercedes Martinez, Sarah Del Rey, you know, people in Mexico that have been fighting for women's rights and women's wrestling, you know, Marcela, uh, 
it's that, oh, my God, she's a really good friend of mine. And I just, I can't do that anymore. Uh, but, but Moreno, um, you know, you know, Sexy Star, Taya, um, these women have like been, they got, they gone through some really tough situations, you know, to be where they at. And, um, and for us to just take all the credit, I don't think it's right. You know, you got to give credit to credit is due. And I think our, I know some of our vets, um, Malaya, you know, um, all is better, and like they've been in like in the business for a long time. They're still in the in the business now. And then when you're in that locker, well, not in the locker room, we're always asking questions, you know. But it, this has been happening for a long time. Now it's more accepted in the mainstream, so uh, I think it's great. You know, I think it's it's great for me because it has helped me definitely to like move in the upper echelon of things. But I think there's a lot, like, still a lot of work to do in terms of not only in gender equality, but in um, racial equality, too. You know, being a woman of color makes things a little bit difficult. You know, you still have, you know, some of the champions. They made, they made Naomi the champion for, like, a day, and then they took that, that, that away from her, you know. But yeah. you don't have Latinas on WWE, real Latinas, born and raised in Mexico, that have come to this country, and now they're becoming You don't have none, zero, you know. Um, you still have, you don't have a lot of, a, you still have, you have some African-Americans and they're pushing them a little bit more, but it's not enough. You know, that's like only an NXT. Once they get into the uh, main roster, it's just like, that is gone out the door. So there's a lot of stuff still to be done in terms of gen- gender and racial equality in this business. And you just mm-hmm. you just such another point that I'm a, I'm a very progressive person and I believe in, in, in equality in that aspect. You know I'm a, an I'm an immigrant and and we work really hard for what we have and we work really hard to like be respected. And and I'm not talking only because of the hard work that we do, but we respect as human beings. No, yeah, and I respect. As a matter of fact, I've always said to my fan, uh, my everyone who opposes immigration. Uh, that I said, hey, this country was founded on immigrants, you know, so basically it's, I I completely support every working person who tries to make a living for themselves here in the United States or even outside of the United States. I I, I support everyone, Latina, African-American, Asian, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, But basically I, I, I completely agree with you on that case. Now, my last question is this, uh, of course, um, Ms. Rosa. Where do we see Ms. Thunder Rosa, you know, in a couple of years from now? Do, can we possibly see now with everyone being picked up, whether it be for the WWE or, uh, or even NXT or Impact Wrestling, ROH, uh, where can we possibly, like, not to say that one is more important than the other for you because, like, all those are goals for anyone in this business, but where would you like to see yourself? Uh, I don't know, man. That's an excellent question. Um, I have so many plans that I don't want to say. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, no, I have a lot of plans. Don't believe me. Like this last two weeks, I've been like, like my brain is like working, and I'm getting really creative, and I'm meeting really creative people. So. I would love to be on TV, not 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 only as a wrestler, but maybe in another aspect, maybe as a as a co-host or as an actress, 
something on that sort. Um, uh, I don't know. If, if the WWE happens, well, like I said, I'll be very, very happy for that. Um, if not, you know, I'm just going to keep working on what I'm doing. I, I want to keep traveling the world and keep, like, motivating other people. I want to start my own business. That's definitely something that I want to do that is not related to wrestling. Um, I'm trying to, like, get it out of the ground and working on it and hopefully getting more sponsorships and getting more. I would like to be a motivational speaker maybe one day, you know. Oh, like Mark Merrill. You know, so much to share uh, to, like, young women and young men that, you know, don't feel like they can make it in this. In, in in this in this world, there's just so much. I'm just I just like I said, I've just been blessed. I just feel like warm and fuzzy inside in the last couple of days. It's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. Super amazing journey. Like once you eliminate like the negativity in your life, and like you start focusing on the positive, and you start focusing on like the good things that are happening to you, and start advocating for yourself, things get much better for you. So uh, yeah. Not keep doing that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you uh, straightforward because I'm always a, a, a go-getter for like positive uh, reinforcement. Uh, whenever you do start your motivational speaking, I would love to be at one of the first ones. Uh, so I, I, I'll definitely throw my hat in there. I, I'm pretty sure Xtina will throw her hat in there, and so will my uh, my segment host here, Steve Mesa. But uh, Miss Thunder Rosa, I thank you very much for your time sharing these great stories, like even getting us all emotional at the beginning. Uh, but basically, I, I want to, again, thank you for that. Uh, before you go, let's do some last plugs again for anyone who's late tuning in, uh, especially for your upcoming show, Sabotage Wrestling, She's Crafty. Uh, how can fans purchase tickets uh, and where would it be located for the show? Uh, you can purchase your tickets at SabotageTexas.com. The show will be located at the Come and Take It Live. And just give me one second so I can get all the information because I don't know the address. I know it's in Riverside. <laughs> it's Austin, Texas. So it is. Let's see. Let's see. Everybody, let's see. Okay. It is Saturday, May 13th at 6.30 p.m. Come and Take It Live at 2015 East Riverside Drive. Building for Austin, Texas, 78741. And we're going to have not only amazing women's wrestling and some, you know, um, the special attraction matches, which are the men, but we also have outside, we have a, one of our amazing sponsors, Bar- Barbecue Revolution, which is a vegan barbecue in Texas. I went there twice. Believe me, it was delicious. Delicious. So uh, they're going to be there with us, and um, we're actually fighting for the champion, the tag team, tag team titles, the Sabotage Tag Team titles uh, with uh, the extra talented Aaron Solo and Ricky Starks. So, um, yeah, this is going to be pretty rad, guys. It's going to be a party. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here I am uh, trying to find tickets now on on, on uh, Expedia.com for me and Christina can go over there to Texas. So li- listen, fans, if you're listening right now, if Xtina and I are now on Expedia.com looking for tickets to travel to Texas for a show, why aren't you? Go purchase your tickets 
right now. There's no reason you should not be at this show. Uh, Thunder Rosa, how can fans follow you on social media? Uh, you know, do you have like a fan page or, or I know Instagram is a thing now too. And how can fans, uh, how can bookers or promoters get a hold of you for any kind of booking inquiries? You can definitely find me on Instagram. I'm always on Instagram. That's at ThunderRosa22. All my information is there. My website is unstoppabletr.com. Unstoppabletr.com. You can, you can buy my merch there, too. Um, you can find me on Twitter at ThunderRosa22. And on Facebook, my like page is ThunderRosa2. I am available for booking. And you can hit me, hit me up, send me a private message, and then I'll respond and probably give you my number because I don't like to do, like, the Facebook stuff. I like to call people. So you can call me or email me. I'm pretty accessible. Um, yeah, and if you guys want to have uh, uh, it? Cobra Moon, you can also access to Cobra Moon through me, and then we can make it happen. Awesome. Well, thank you so very, very much again for your time, Ms. Rosa. It was a complete honor to speak with you, and, and I really hope we could have you again in the near future. I would love to be on your show, too. Just, you know, just make it happen. <laughs> I will. Trust me. I really do not want Thunder Rosa trying to come find me and, and beating my ass wondering why I haven't uh, returned you back on the show. So, yeah, I, I, it'll happen. I promise. No, that will be amazing. Uh, thank you for having me. No, thank you, Ms. Rosa. I hope you have a great day, okay? Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Guys, that was, that was Thunder Rosa. What an amazing young lady. She is so humble, so professional. Man, that first, you know, segment with her was pure emotional. I almost cried. So basically now, but guys, from one thing to the next, we are going to go ahead and debut a brand new segment here known as the Indie Cut. Let's go ahead and introduce you from the show known as the Curtain Jerkers. I present to you Steve Mesa. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Indie Cut. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> that is our pleasure, sir. It's our pleasure. Uh, what an honor to have you on. Of course, we have now a new marketing promotion, uh, marketing partnership with the Curtain Jerker Show. Uh, it's an honor to work with you, Steve Mesa. As a matter of fact, I met you, uh, what was it, uh, right now at Supercon Retro. Correct. We met at Supercon Retro at the Wrestling Yep. Uh, she plugged, you know, uh, <laughs> T.C. Reed of your hearing this, or, or Golden Sheik. More plus to come on later in my business. <laughs> <laughs> we, we expect a royalty check and some free merch and some free... Just get in the business show, man. <laughs> <laughs> we square things out. We're all good, man. We get through the show. We're good. We're even. We're even like Steven, man. <laughs> T Listen, I, I, I don't want to hear later that, hey, fifteen dollars No, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm just messing, bro. He's going to kick my ass. Oh, yeah, don't mess <laughs> He's going to kick my ass. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Steve Mesa, take it away with the indie cut, my friend. Well, I'm going to start with uh, one of the shows I would like to talk with, which is Evolve 82. Uh, I was planning to catch a doubleheader of Evolve 82 with E3, but unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties via the close uh, map, I was only able to catch one. But I can talk about that one, and here it is. Evolve 82, which is uh, 
WWN title match, which was the first time that this title was being defended on a WWN show, any ball. And it had the champion, bro, Matthew Riddle, versus Timothy Thatcher. Now, the history behind these two is Thatcher has always beaten Riddle. Uh, there was no chances for uh, Riddle to come back. Uh, he beaten him three times, I believe. But this was a great opener. It, had, it was very physical, very gritty. Uh, and in the end, Riddle had his redemption. He won cleanly via his Romishian move. And it was a good 10 minutes and 15 second match that ended with Stokely Hathaway, uh, the manager or the former manager of uh, Timothy Thatcher, throwing his hat into the ring of wanting to manage the one and only Bromaster. Next up, we've got ACH taking on Austin Theory. This was a good 13 minutes and 50 second match. Austin Theory, if you don't know who Austin Theory is, he's, he's 19 years old. 19 years old. And he graduated from AR Fox Wrestling School, Wrestling School in Atlanta, which is actually called, I believe, WWE 4A ATL Wrestling School. And the live crowd at Brooklyn had, like, they were behind Austin Theory all the way. And it showed also a different side of ACH, who was getting frustrated after failing to capture the ball title from Zach Taylor Jr. in January. So uh, ACH went with what could be technically called a low blow, but the low blow happened to be between the sides, as if he was shooting for a low blow, but not really hitting for this targeted area, which would be very effective. So we had a good showing from Austin Theory, but in the end, it was a great buster to put away Austin Theory for the recount and ATH walking away with the win. Next up, we have a non-title match between one, one of the last matches of Drew Galloway, who was having his last matches with uh, Evolve because he is currently signed with NXT. Now, his last shot, his last shot to prove that he has what it takes to make a name for himself, whether he's in NXT or involved or all around the world, his one shot was to take on Zack Sabre Jr. in a non-title match, and the, the match never got started. Uh, he basically, you know, bullied the referee, hit him, he was active, you know, <laughs> uh, and basically challenged Zack Sabre Jr. to a good old-fashioned uh, non sanctioned fight, which ended with all ego and age coming up with his gatekeepers to uh, try to humiliate the involved champion, but that Peter was able to get one over Galloway and Ethan Page and managed to break one of the arms of the gatekeepers. That's how you make an, that's how you make an impact, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> and you definitely want to break someone's arm and show that, hey, if you don't want to push him around anymore. Next up, we have the returning Kyle O'Reilly taking on Mr. Bask in my glory, Keith Lee. This is basically a monster versus martial arts expert match, and it basically has all the spots you wanted in that type of match. You have submission holds, you have kicks, you have punches, you have chops, you have hits, you have strikes, you have kicks, everything you want to do, and not sure, George, if you ever seen Keith Lee, 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I just, he's a huge fella, but he moves like a freaking cruiserweight. Oh, yep, I've seen Keith Lee. As a matter of fact, uh, not to kind of jump the gun on your review here, but uh, Keith Lee versus Jeff Cobb at Pro Wrestling Gorilla just stole the show. So just said. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, I already pre-ordered Blu-ray for Pro Wrestling Gorilla, <laughs> and, uh, and I told the preview, which is epic. Uh, there's you know just like. If I like would manage to, you know, I don't want to talk about TV until I actually see the show, so I don't like try to keep my blinders on. Like, you know, <laughs> but this match was good. Uh, wasn't a big fan of the finish. I'll say this: I wasn't a big fan of the finish. It ended with an unintentional low blow from Kyle O'Reilly to Keith Lee, and originally the match was given to Keith Lee via disqualification, but Lee, being the man that he is, got on the mic, said that he didn't want to go out like that, but maybe he should have just gone out like that because he ended up losing that match. Now, I think this was a match where it could have favored both men in the fact that if they ended with the original ending, it would have made both men look great after they had an especially uh, great showing of what they displayed. But again, just, you know, being a little bit tricky on this part. You know, you can't help yourself uh, when you become a wrestling journalist. You have to be a little bit of a You can say with mostly with the internet wrestling community about that, but I, I, you know, I stand to be a little bit above. Uh, we've also got an involved tag team title match that involved that basically the catch point explodes. Where we have Fred E.I. and Tracy Williams taking on Chris Dickinson and Jocko. This if you don't know what catch point or what type of wrestling catch point is, it's basically kind of like a mix of mixed martial arts with a little bit of amateur wrestling. But you can try to picture that. That's basically the catch point wrestling uh, of Evolve. Yeah. And basically, this was all hell breaks out. I mean, they were brothers in arms, and then they came, they, they always fight with, they always learn to fight with one another in the spirit of competition. And once that match is over, they never walk away scorned or angry that they lost. They knew they, that they put on a great show, and that's what counts in the end for Cash Point. Now, what counts for Cash Point is that they managed to uh, interchange the tag team title. So basically, it was Chris Dickinson, that he would like to be called as the Dirty Daddy, uh, giving the, the Zuzu Bomb to one hot sauce, hot sauce Tracy Williams giving him the win and having Jaka and Chris Dickinson becoming the new Evolve Tag Team Champions. Now, the last match of the evening is basically a year to make it. Uh, George, you ever heard of uh, Darby Allen? Darby Reality? Darby Allen. Oh, Darby Allen. Yeah, yeah. Darby Allen, definitely. The high-flying suicidal maniac that he is? Yes. Yeah, basically almost like the next generation of staff like, yeah, without, the, uh, without the problem. Any problems that I'm not aware of. Uh, <laughs> all right, basically this match was the year of making. Uh, Darby Allen made his debut literally a year ago in, te- in Dallas, Texas during the WWE experience in Dallas, Texas when WrestleMania rolled around. And his first match out of the gate was against Ethan Page. But it happened, he ended up losing in less than five minutes. And he faced Ethan Page again in the next Evolve 
pay-per-view, and basically that had Ethan uh, Page throwing Darby Allen like a long dart against a pillar of the Orpheum at, at Gator City, uh, Florida. Then we have them clash again in late October for one of the Evolve shows. Ethan Page for another pick. Now, Darby Allen got in the face and Ethan Page as that pay-per-view was choking out Ethan Page at the end of that event. And that gets Ethan Page on a path of raging vengeance. He interfered in Darby Allen's matches as much as he possibly He beat the living tar out of them. And this eventually led to a match between two at Evolve 81. A spectacular match. And if anything goes match, which basically had both, no, no, Darby Allen, you know, there was interference plenty, there was bleeding, there was ladder, there was tables, there was chairs. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> and basically, it ended with Darby Allen finally getting the win. Now, I segue to this match, the left man standing match that they had. I will say this I personally. Personally, don't think the match should have happened because I think once you had the the villain or the antagonist in this match win three times and he finally gets the baby face to get one over him on a big on a big scale event such as Evolve 81 was, I think that should have just been the end of it. But I see where they would have come from and just seeing if they could squeeze out one last match. But I wasn't a big fan of it. But it is what it is and it happens. So, uh, but. Unfortunately, Darby Allen was actually injured during that match. He was hit in the back of the elbow with a shovel, an actual shovel. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> Did he get hit by at least the handle or the actual metal part? The actual metal part. Oh, <laughs> ow. Uh, that basically uh, skin ripped out of his elbow. Wasn't, wasn't shown. Uh, we only saw the after, met, after effects on social uh, media. Social media. Uh, and he fractured his elbow. And he's going to be out for a while. But basically, uh, you know, basically what happened in the NFC was match basically happened here, but he basically, I think what happened, just my assessment, my opinion on the matter, I think they had to rush the match a little bit. Basically, Darby Allen was basically holding his elbow for the majority of the match. And he kept going. He kept going. He's a tough guy. He kept going, but I think that that, that injured a little bit the match, plus what I mentioned before, that I, I think it should end with the base three skin win at 81 instead of uh, Paige, who basically just stacked, literally stacked bodies on top of Darby in order for him to uh, prove his dominance uh, and to see that. Uh, Evolve would be the era of ego. Uh, that's basically the uh, summation of my uh, Evolve 82 uh, review. I've also got some um, some things I want to talk about. The Lucha Fest. Actually, I attended Lucha Fest. Um, mm-hmm. ICW Lucha Fest this past uh, Saturday at Miami Senior High School. Uh, you know, George, the promoter, he's one hell of a guy and he's one hell of a promoter, man. He knows how to put on a show, and he had everything going. Uh, uh, the first time that he did the show at uh, Lucha Fest 4, is like, yeah, he had lights going, he had 
He had an entryway. It was like almost like you know, almost on a WWE level. Uh, oh, I'll put it on a on a pre uh, on a pre twenty octa ring of honor kind of level, and that's that's saying something, especially when you talk about the the talent that came out of that era in the ring of honor, Austin Aries and the Uh That match was that event. Top, top to bottom was entertaining. I mean, there's something for everybody. You had a fatal four-way to, to crown the ICW PRX uh, champion. You had uh, you had Ernest R. Alexander, or he likes to be known as ERA, E-R-A, excuse me, sorry, uh, <laughs> take on Samuel Shaw. You also had Mike Monroe taking on a uh, former uh, Impact Wrestling star, Gunner. And we also had to release, oh, before I move on to the main event, the, I'll say this, the, sh- the match that sold the show, in my opinion, has to be for the vacant ICW Women's Championship, and that would be between Dynamite DD versus Sue Young. Uh, for those who are not aware of Sue Young, I will say this, she is an awesome performer. She is great. She has great facial expression. She's a tremendous performance. That ring. Nothing to take away from Dee, but I just want to put Sue Young a little bit over because I think she has what it takes to be next star. Hell, no, I think she could break into WWE that easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not gonna put the house on that because God knows, you know, you know the whatever happens, you know, wrestling, wrestling, the wrestling world can be fickle, and God knows what kind of unpredictable stuff can happen along the way. But I think she has what it takes to uh, break into WWE. But she has this, like, demon-based expression with this good cover in Kabuki makeup. And then she just... And she's also aware... She also has four other title belts to, to add to her uh, trophy collection. So she was looking forward to add another one with... Uh, going up against Dynamite D, and these two, you would think this was a hardcore match, the way this turned it out to be. I mean, they were just spilling out all over the high school gymnasium. Stu uh, did a wicked stent on. Uh, Dynamite just brought all over, trying to hit each other, whatever they can grab with. Uh, but unfortunately, it was Vinny Mitchell driver that uh, put Dynamite D away and gave Stu Young her fit championship title. Now, to save the last, you know, save the last for the main event, we had uh, Max Stardom, who was also one half of the ICW United States Tag Team Champions, taking on Johnny Vandal. Now, these two, you know, for a future... Johnny Vano is a, a familiar name in the local uh, in the local area. He has uh, definitely faced a number of stars here in Florida and in elsewhere. Uh, he's also made his name in NXT. as being featured on some shows on NXT. So has Max Starr. He actually uh, not yet to be shown yet, but his uh, he's, I think they're either shown or they're about to show his match tonight on NXT. So that if you're you know watching NXT this week. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but these two, you know, uh, these two put on a hell of a show. I think this is the second best match of the show. Uh, Max was being the baby face, 
Johnny Ben would be the heel villain. It started out with, you know, Max Alfred Handshake, you know, Johnny denying him, but with all due respect, it was Max Startup hitting a mid-rope homebreaker-esque maneuver to uh, basically get the win. And now what was on the line, failed to mention this, but what was on the line was uh, a number one contender shot against the uh, ICW champion Angel Rose. So that with that win, that means the next ICW event will be headlined or could be headlined with the ICW championship on the line between Angel Rose versus Max Stark. And these two these two have had a history not not of not of turmoil but of friendship and loving over the years that they've known each other for several, several years. And based on that, that's the match that I'm looking forward to with the next ICW show. Uh, with that, that's the ICW Lucha Fest. And before I go, I want to put in some cheap blood. <laughs> uh, not not well, one for me and a couple for, uh, for some other uh, wrestling colleagues. Um, let me promote mine. Uh, basically, I am coming from representative of the Furniture. We are basically the daily show a version of Pro Wrestling. We like to super kick any person in the high spots, or the low spots, or the mid spots. And we're basically, you know, we talk about the WWE, we talk about indie wrestling, we, we interview some local independent wrestlers, we even talk to uh, uh, Dick Justice and uh, Sean Park. We also, uh, we also like to have fun. You know, when we like to have fun, we also like to have some characters appear on our show, which might, uh, my appearance might actually leave a, a might leave a, a door open for some future appearances, George, just so you know. So just to let you know, there might be some future appearances for some other characters. So I'm just giving a warning. Uh, they're a little wacky and they're from up north. So I'm just going to say that. Up front, but I'll try to give you a heads up about that. Uh, once again, the Curtain Jerkers, you can check us out, out on iHeartRadio. You can also check us out on Stitcher, uh, any kind of platform that uh, uses uh, podcast broadcasting. And you can find us even on your uh, on your iPhone. Uh, other plugs. <laughs> There's going to be Cinco de Mayo. There's going to be actually two block parties. That's going to be uh, emanating from two locations from Taco Trap. So if you want to get your tacos, your tequila, your cervezas on, hell, there's going to even be Lucha Libre going on during your, uh, hopefully, your inebriation of the day or of the weekend, depending on how you want to start today. Maybe you already started the day beforehand by having a couple of sea wipes. You never know. But <laughs> uh, next week in Top uh, Craft in Fort Lauderdale and South Miami, we'll be hosting two block parties for single de Mayo. Folks, if you're either in either area, come on out. They'll be shutting down the block with music, food, beer, and light pro wrestling. Whether you're in the 954 or the 305, you will be guaranteed a good time. Now, the Top Craft location in Fort Lauderdale would, will be at 204. Southwest 2nd Street, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, downtown. And for the Miami location, it would be 5800 Southwest 73rd Street, 
South, Miami. One more before I go. <laughs> this weekend, we got another wrestling event coming up. We got a local wrestling event. And we already mentioned it before. And that would be Rodin Pro Wrestling. This would be their 14th show. And they will be once again emanating from the Broward College South Campus Gymnasium. Now, if you don't know where that is, here's the address. It will be 7200 Pine Boulevard, Pembroke Pines, Florida, 33024. Now, what you got on the card is a tremendous card. Top to bottom, face value, taken for what it is. Excuse me for the delay. I'm still pulling up the Ronin 14 card. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, you, it's like you guys are waiting in anticipation. Like, <laughs> and... You're going, right, Christina? <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> well, we'll start out with the headliner. It's going to be for the Broden Heavyweight Championship. It's going to be the champion, Alex Chamberlain, taking on Caleb Conley. Caleb Conley is a former full impact pro heavyweight champion, and he will be making his Broden. We will also have this match. Now, this match I talked about to you earlier. She will also be on this card for Ronin 14, but she will be partaking in a fatal four-way match. Fatal four-way match that includes the aforementioned Angel Rose, Aria Blake, and Beta Scott. Those are... You know, I'll say this, Ronin Pro Wrestling for the last couple of shows have put on a tremendous show. But I would say that nothing against the men in the organization, but the women has been putting on one hell of a show. And especially with their last show that they had, it was uh, Tech Support with uh, E.C. Reed and Mike Monroe and Sue Young taking on the Lucha World Order with... Uh, Cruz, Rios, and Angel Rose, and that match stole the part of my opinion. And that match even featured other matches that included AR Fox versus TJZ, and had uh, Chamberlain versus Andre Dutt, and basically where they fall all over the place. Uh, we're also going to have a lot of other matches. Uh, originally, it was going to be John Cruz versus Darby Allen, but you know, with uh, Darby Allen being out for uh, a couple of months, I don't think that's happening, but. I'm looking forward to terms of seeing what's going to be going on with that replacement or who John Cruz would be facing instead of Darby Allen. If Darby Allen shows up anyway. And that's, you know, I'm going to say this too, just to cap things up. Support your local indie wrestling fed. Just support it. You know, you don't know the You might not know the names. You might not know the faces, but it's always good to have these organizations to have some support. And uh, ICW and Rowan are no different. They've had a loyal fan base from each one of them, whether it's local promoters or, or local wrestlers or, or alumni supporting their uh, – or current students supporting their alumni that graduated from school or whatever. It doesn't matter. I think as long as everybody supports their local indie fed, then I think – the wrestling business, especially in South Florida, is going to be something to be to have a bright future. 
Uh, with that being said, this has been Ian's cut with Steve Mesa, and I'll catch you on the flip side. That, uh, my head is swollen. <laughs> My head is goddamn swollen, and I thought here I was a guru when it comes to pro wrestling. Nope, Steve Mesa proves me wrong again. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the encyclopedia. Uh, there you go. We have a new nickname. We have nicknames for everyone on this show. So, uh, you know, we have Christina here known as X-Tina. We have our head of security, which, by the way, where the hell is he? Uh, he's getting sick days now. He doesn't have any sick days. <laughs> He has he has three months probation. Um, I'll tell him. You know what, Steve? Before you leave the office, yeah. uh, make sure that you write a letter to the WWE that our Mr. New York head of security has to drop to Braun Strowman next week. Uh, no. 
I don't mind seeing Jason Cade in the dark alley, but seeing Serpentico in the dark alley just will bring me nightmares. Do you think his star is on Bruce? I think, yeah. <laughs> Good Lord, that guy's scary looking. Anyway, so guys, next week, May 1st, of course, Jason Cade, one half of pop culture, and Serpentico, otherwise known as John Cruz, will be here. But guys, for everyone here on Wrestle City Radio, I want to say thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for the support. And we'll see you all next week. Remember, guys, this is Wrestling Radio. For the fans, by the fans. Good night, folks. Thank you all for joining us. Remember to come back next Monday at 6 p.m. right here on Block Talk Radio. And get your dose of reality check.